Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello, and welcome to the AEW Dynamite Preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Dadly Boys of What Culture, Michael Hamlet and Michael Sidgwick, here to look ahead to tonight's episode of AEW Dynamite. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review AEW Dynamite, but also AEW Rampage, Raw, SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT 2.0, Oh! Pay per views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete with a money quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, though, joined by Hamlet and Sidgwick to preview AEW Dynamite, the first Dynamite of the year, of course, and the beginning, potentially, Michael Sidgwick, of a new era in AEW. A new look. A new look. I don't know if they're still going to do the heel and baby face tunnels. I hope they do because I like the idea that they're in different fighting camps. I like the idea of teasing the heel turns by maybe I'll go on that tunnel. It's a bit lame, but I quite like yeah. it. And it needs to look significantly less like, oh, Nitro's kind of been re- rebooted. I loved that in 2019. Because I'm a 37-year-old millennial who loves going back and watching, on occasion, those 96 to 97 and some of the 98 Nitros. Because it just looks so bright and vivid and the fans go crazy and it's got this nice retro-tinged look. And we're a generation who's enthralled to nostalgia because uh, various governments have just killed <laughs> our chances of a nice future. So yeah. let's, not, let's just harken back to the past. For a 37-year-old millennial, the retro-tinged Nitro look was really, really nice. But if you're not that kind of fan, it just looks second-rate to WWE. It just does. And it was about time to polish it up and make it look futuristic and modern and big league, major league, which it hasn't for quite some time. And it's well overdue. I'm very excited for it. Apparently, the look, if you look at the background, it's going to be a lot of neon tubing. So a nice physical element and not just an absolute smorgasbord of LED, cheap, basic WWE stuff. Now, right, okay, when it was teased that there was going to be a new look and when people saw the lights and it looked a bit like, it could look like a raw opener when you saw the previews, okay? I've got some reassurance for the listeners, Ooh. okay? Because people are a bit anxious that it's going to look too WWE. Well, you want it to look majorly, but you don't want it to look like the competition. You know what? I successfully turned my WWE trauma brain off when I knew they were going to do a new look. So I was like, why would they ever want it to look like Raw? They just don't. Mm. They know it looks terrible. They know we don't like that show. Why would they want to mimic it? I never thought they would. But just in case anybody else out there has got a little bit of a concern, um, here is a quote from the new production head honcho, Mike Manzuri, who was speaking to Renee Packett on the sessions. This is in relation to 
um, on how AEW production is more like legitimate sport. This is a quote from Mike Mansory. It's a little interesting because it's only been a week. I had my observation glasses on. A lot of how AEW is brought together is very reminiscent of legitimate sport, boxing, MMA, baseball, etc. The way even the production crew approaches it. It's very much put together like sport. Coming from what I've just done, MMA in Singapore, it's a nice fit for me to slide right in, get involved, and get my hands dirty with a team. This is very reassuring because obviously we know that Mike Manzuri, if that is in fact how to pronounce his name, um, was meant to be the heir apparent to Kevin Dunn, which has a lot of people thinking, oh, well, they're just going to do loads of LED and camera cuts and look like WWE. Nope, the guy's just very good at production across very diff- uh, various different disciplines, and he says that he's going to approach it from his POV, from his experiences in MMA, not WWE. So if anyone was a bit worried that's going to look too WWE, on the basis of this quote, it's not going to. And this is all in place and worked on before this fella got the job anyway. Love all this, me. Mm. It's a bit of me, new set. Make it look as WWE as you like. If it looks like the Raw Skate Ramp from 2019, you've done the best job ever. Like, you can make <laughs> it look as WWE as you fucking like. I love it. Love, well, new, love new stages. The love audience new fireworks. Wouldn't. I don't care about them. I care about me. Love new stages, love new fireworks. <laughs> like, do what you like. I've just heard the new music, and it's the old dynamite music, but a bit faster going. It goes... <laughs> oh, we might, we, might hear it. Get, we might hear a live version of it in a bit. We could. We could. I, I think it's brilliant. Like, I'm banging at this. It's like, Cedric said it as well. It is overdue. This is not just me with my WWE brain obsessed with, like, a splash of colour being like, hey, the product's better now. Like, that's, that's me, like, a dog hanging out the window. It's just there. Uh, <laughs> but I think AEW was genuinely in need of it. This is a, a good time for a refresh. And as well, the opportunity to do an upgrade that allows an upgrade to your other things as well. So... Uh, did Tony Khan not say Dynamite and Rampage were going to have a distinctive feel? And we've got a Dynamite, uh, sorry, a Rampage and a Battle of the Belts this week. Revolution is coming up as a pay per view. Some pay per views would feel different aesthetically from Revolution. Dynamite. Always looks lush. Yeah, but not all. Grand Slam always looks like I'm not so fan of the building yet. I don't think I've mastered it, but the ramp. Grand Slam always mm. looks fantastic. So anytime there's any aesthetic adjustment in AW, I'm for it. And this does feel like a pretty big one, the, bi- the biggest one in Dynamite history. So I'm really, I think this is like a major selling point of the show. I think it's especially smart to do it this week when there's more of the wrestling stuff to sell again next week. There's more meat on the bone next week. But this is, it's kind of a WWE sales pitch, but I'm prone to them anyway. So I'm really excited to see what this all looks like. Um, and yeah, like you say, I think, the stuff that I would absolutely keep, I agree with the heel babyface tunnels. I like just I like the dynamic of that, and uh, yeah, I don't think it was, it's been crying out for a remodel. But as you always, do. as you say, it's 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 just a, yeah, it's just, so, oh, it's something new to look at. Like mm-hmm. great, I'm intrigued. It, it feels appropriate, like a fresh start to the year. You know, 2022 is in the past now. Here here we go with 2023 and. Seamlessly segging to my next point, Sige. Um, they're starting with two championship matches, of course, tonight. TNT title, uh, Samoa Joe versus Darby Allen, running it back. And I'll come to you for the tag title one in a second. Don't worry, the acclaim versus Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. Uh, how do you see Joe Darby Allen going, aside from painfully? Oh, my God, I'm a bit scared. And I've just watched yeah. Osprey Omega, so I should be <laughs> thoroughly calloused and desensitized to pro wrestling violence for one day. But Darby Allen is a... Different animal altogether. There's going to be more concrete stuff. <laughs> Most ridiculous kind of stuff imaginable. Um, but it makes sense to build on that match. Um, maybe even Joe can take a header, not a header, 
It's a necro butcher. <laughs> oh my god, they could do the necro butcher spot. They absolutely could. Yeah, they absolutely might. The concrete LTST frozen in time realization. The second you said necro butcher's name there. Oh god, they might do something crazy with concrete. Look, it's Darby Allen in his home state. They've already said his family's going to be there. He's probably getting strapped up. Yeah, I think Joe is a transitional champion because they didn't want to ruin. Wardlow's babyface aura by pairing him with Darby Allen when they've kind of done that because Joe's the de facto babyface. Look, I'm worried about Wardlow. Yeah. Um, I think they'll get him back. And I think they want to get him back, and that's the most important thing. It's not like a Miro where maybe he's not seen internally to be that dedicated to the cause. Wardlow's been a project. I've got no doubt that Tony Khan still wants to invest in that project. He just realized he hasn't particularly handled it very well. But yeah, I think Samoa Joe, what an excellent transitional champion he's been. Almost too bloody good because people want him to be the champion. Um, not tonight, the moment. And yeah, it's going to be scarily violent. I think they're going to strap Darby Allen back up. I think it's a good move. I think he's one of the better TNT champions. And the match is going to horrify me. And the thought of it is terrifying, but in a very good way. That was a that was Samoa Joe's best match in years and years and years. They obviously want to outdo it. There's good and bad to that, and I'll be terrified. But Feeling things is good in professional wrestling. Wouldn't be surprised as part of this new refit if they just put a big platform for Derby to jump off of at one point. Yeah, it's like like this is not an uncommon thing in wrestling as well as like almost like celebrating the new aesthetic or making it clear how well it can be used. I really wanted Joe to beat Wardlow uh, and wanted Joe to keep the title for a long time. I've been enjoying this King of Television thing so much, literally until the second Derby Allen came out to make the save, and I was made to realise that we were going to get a rematch and then I wanted Darby Allen to win. I kind of think they've nailed it, actually. I'd, I could understand why there would be a bit of dread around Joe beating Wardlow, but it was just confirmation of something we'd all... Look, he thought that just it's not worked out that great for Wardlow mm-hmm. right now. There were, right, there will be another time for that. But um, Darby Allen as the... You know, to basically bring together the idea that this all-new thing doesn't just have to be about stages, theme music and aesthetics. It can be about the year and about the ethos and about the roster and the hopes and the ambitions. Darby Allen winning a belt makes that a bit more, solidifies that rather mm. than it just being about the fluffy stuff. Because him winning the title back, I think, will be this. Um, just a reminder for like, and I like include myself in this, fans who feel like too many guys get stuck on a treadmill in AW, that like, please stick with them. Mm. Please stick with them. Like Darby Allen, there was a few times, I think, where Darby Allen's felt like he's just being sidelined or kept as the pay-per-view party match guy with Sting. And then you don't really feel like you're, uh, investments being rewarded and the Joe match was an interesting case for that because it was incredible and you were reminded why you would invest in a guy like Darby Allen so often and then he still lost so it was a tricky one to get your head around but now maybe either this has been booked on the flyer it was Tony Khan's idea all along maybe that showcase was to put the idea back in people's heads for this rematch mm. to go down as well as I suspect it will Darby Allen winning that belt is a big statement of intent about this, like, I do feel like AEW's got a bit of momentum, quite honestly, creatively, but about where the company wants to go again in 2020, yeah. especially paired with what I expect the result of the tag title match to be. Another, well, one pillar getting a title in the TNT Championship match, and one of the newer pillars, Jeff Jarrett, um, potentially taking on the tag titles with Jay Lethal. Yeah, I wish, but obviously not, sadly. Um, what they, I do claimed, want, they claimed it quite over, I've discovered. They claimed it super over. This program is even more over as a result of that fantastic... Fantastic rap last week and angles. Loads and loads of angles. Ah, I love angles, mate. Me too. Um, I think I think we might get the best of both worlds here because I do expect the acclaim to retain. And I want that. I'm a huge Jeff Jarrett guy, but I want the acclaim to re- win this match. But I do think Max Cast might be getting the guitar in the head. 
I think so. You might get like everything you want. You still get the big kabong of the guitar splattering Max Caster again, but the acclaimed retaining nonetheless. Um, this feed's been great. This feed's been awesome. This feed's been tremendous. I was as the you know the biggest Jeff Jarrett mark around. Even I was saying the party matches where the fun ends with Jeff Jarrett. That's where the party stops. Let's have this thing match of the paper and then be yeah. done. Jeff Jarrett can go do whatever role he's got behind the scenes in AEW somehow. Uh, but instead, they've persisted with a TV feud that has also been brilliant. So I'm just going to like shut my own mouth as his biggest fan and just say, well, just keep going until it stops being fun because this has been totally, totally fun. Uh, I've said it already on another podcast. The acclaimed are kind of what AW didn't get with um, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus as homegrown babyface tag team champions that aren't the Young Bucks, nor do they feel like they need the Young Bucks, nor does it feel like the Young Bucks have to be involved for the tag team story to matter. And the acclaimed kind of have been the first babyface, wholesale babyface team to do it because Swerve and Our Glory always had Swerve and the fact that they were about splitting. This is a really nice kind of different a babyface homegrown act that are now starting to they'll beat Jarrett and Lethal and they're starting to build up those wins. Uh this feud's been awesome. It's the entertainment value and now following the rap, the actual real elusive animosity heat element has just been absolutely great. Like I'm so impressed with the acclaimed. They've got the match quality, literally everything they do on TV is a stitch. People are so into them. It's awesome watching an act be this over. It's just very special at the minute watching the acclaimed. Um, I would be tempted, honestly, to drag this out further. <laughs> I'm a bit gutted that it's not no DQ because you get guitar shots out the ass if that was the case. What if, I know this kind of makes no sense, but if you trace it back, it makes no sense that Jarrett and uh, Lethal are even contending for these titles in the first place. This heat element that they've almost inadvertently invited onto this really good entertaining mid-card fair. It's got a different layer now. It's at a different level. I would have Jarrett just smash Caster over the head with a guitar and maybe go to a DQ and then Bowen says, look, I'm not taking that kind of victory and then do a third no DQ match because there's so much heat and there's so much interest here. There's also a conspiracy if you want to hear it. People think Kurt Angle's going to play a part in the finish. If you've not read or listened to, if you've not read the excerpts from or listened to the actual Jeff Jarrett My World podcast, the man does such a phenomenal job of making it seem like he legitimately hates Max Caster for the turmoil that he's brought back into his life after all these years of trying to just fucking ignore it. Like, I'm looking out for potatoes and everything <laughs> here. Is he just using the fact that he has had a bad week at home because of it to drive? And that would be so Jeff Jarrett. And this is more likely than not what has happened. But what if he's shoot pissed off? <laughs> like, the lines are so blurred with this one. It's yeah. genuinely fascinating. Like, can't wait. I want to see that really hard shot of the face, quite frankly. Yeah. I think maybe they're going to go to the guitar shot, uh, Max Caster, and maybe Daddy Ass takes the bullet for him. Yeah. And then he acclaims the team. Um, but like you say, very unpredictable. Like, I think, I don't think there's any scenario that I look at and I think Jarrett and Lethal walk out with the tag titles tonight, but I don't necessarily, like you guys have alluded to there, think it's going to be a simple one, two, three. Well, nice, nice win the title challenge there. I can easily see a DQ or something because they're so rare. Yeah. It's, yeah. I'd switch the belts for a fortnight. Switch the belts for a fortnight. Can Sorry, you imagine? My eyes are rolling back into my head the idea of Jeff Jarrett holding the Can you imagine? That's all I've imagined for three years. Like, <laughs> just that little graphic coming up at the bottom. Honestly, switch oh. them 
for two because they never do this. That means they can get away with doing yeah. this. Two weeks. Jeff Jarrett, the ultimate corny gimmick. He's cornied his way into <laughs> winning a title in all elite wrestling. Imagine thinking that in 2019. So I'm I'm thinking about it now. <laughs> Do it with a chair shot to the head that the referee doesn't see or hear because referees are all thick and you have to... It's always match dependent and story dependent on how much tolerance you have for that, but I wouldn't have tolerance for this. As we record this podcast. Would you have tolerance for this? Because I do. <laughs> um, smash Max Castro in the head with a guitar. Pin him. Strap up Double J and then do a no DQ switcheroo back. At Battle of the Belts. Yeah. That's brilliant, yeah. Because you could do that this week, couldn't you? Yeah. Ja- uh, Jarrett like, swings a guitar. The referee sees it. Disarms him. You yeah. stupid. I'm not going to use guitar. There's Karen Jarrett with a second guitar. Bang. Max Caster goes down. White dress? Yeah, obviously. Max Caster's blood everywhere. Yeah. Can you imagine? Can I have Jay Green now? <laughs> Can you imagine the fume if Jeff Jarrett, particularly because the acclaimed are so hot, yeah. so young, so homegrown? Can you imagine the fume if Jarrett does this? And can you imagine the pap? I'm ready to win it back. An open top convertible. Just some drive around the streets of Gator, blasting my world out the roof. Battle of Bells is live, isn't it, this week? Yeah. Uh, back to Battle of Rampage. Are they doing them both live? So, yeah. so it's not like you go, oh, it, it starts with the immediate switch from back and uh, tapings and blah, blah. So. <laughs> Son of a bitch. It will draw, honestly. The rematch would legitimately draw. That's our entire theme tune. Wait about it next week's dynamite. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help? 
a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Uh, right, returning to this week's Dynamite. Nine months, not a word on social media. All that time. Nine months. No, no. Chris Jericho versus Ricky Starks. Oh, uh, forgot about that. Yeah, it's... Uh, I mean, you guys sort of predicted it, didn't you, in the midst of Ricky Starks, obviously, failing in his attempt to, to take the title off MJF. It comes at a good time for Ricky Starks because Jericho get, has this reputation earned for people not always coming out of the feuds in the best of health. Clout really? vampire, as Ricky Starks put it. Oh. <laughs> Incredibly so. But Jericho's in the middle of losing. He said I got something you can suck as well. What? Didn't he also say I got something you can suck? Or was I just I made that up in my head? Did he? Ricky Mario Like he was Ricky gonna, gonna talk about it a lot. Ricky Starks said a lot of crazy crap lately. Uh, <laughs> Jericho's in the middle of a program in which he can lose that in a way that advances him. Yeah. So this is a good time for Ricky Starks to fight him to uh regain some of the credibility that Willie been perceived to have lost in his defeat against MJF. Um What are you laughing what? at? I just thought, ah, oh, Chris Jericho, countdown timer from Y2J. Hey, Chris, you know what time it is? Time to sing, mate, I'm my own little world here, sorry. So, yeah, Starks yeah, so wins. Chris Jericho can lose, got Ricky Starks, or, yeah, it's it's a certain way of... Rematch for the pip. Yeah, I, I, I assumed this was going to be pape stuff, so... Yeah, I'm very interested in the timing here. It's very much everything I cried out for... In 2022, when it really felt like the promise of All Out 2021 was slipping away, don't do what WWE does. That's the playbook. <laughs> Always adhere to it. But at the same time, don't be so stingy with your matches. Mm. Um, and I think Jericho, Starks, they could carry a program between them for a couple of months. Of course they can. They're great talkers. They're great at angles. Each great wrestlers. So, yeah, they could have Jericho win here. And then he actually puts someone over, and that's the end quickly because he does put loads of people over in matches he put Claudio over three times clean in the middle of the ring and people forget that because it's narratives are easy but if he wants to change that narrative and more importantly not the narrative surrounding Jericho at this point it's Starks's narrative if he beats him once gets the heat from like the cloud vampire heat and then just puts him over at the paper and then it's kind of done like a nice yes. clean short Nothing too muddled because he did loads of jobs in the BCC versus JAS feud, but because it's Jericho and he felt like, oh, the longer I keep working with them, what do the results matter really? Because I'm always with Danielson on Mox. If it's a nice, short, clean, basic program where it's very final at the end, maybe that's what needs to happen. I'm yeah. not, I'm not sure how they're going to mesh stylistically. Mm. I'm interested in this one. It doesn't. I've doubted, I've doubted Jericho versus, versus Ishii. I thought, you'll know how to do it. You'll do business. You'll know how to do this version of a match. It'll be more fun than good. And it was absolutely incredible TV match of the year candidate here. So I do have an unfortunate self-owned habit of doubting Jericho, but this one I'm not sure about, and I can't articulate why. I have a similar thing with Starks, in truth. I he can be a bit sloppy. Yeah, I don't always go in thinking the best of him. And then, like, I, the MJF match was sloppy in places. I still thought it was excellent. Mm, yeah. I still thought it was one of his stronger performances. I think it the, helps that he's, like, a really emotional guy. Yeah. I kind of still think that they're telling the story of him 
winning the belt second time around. Yeah. He could easily be this saviour of the war of 2024 second time around. Or he could go in 2024. (laughs) (laughs) He could be the victor of it, yeah. But like this like long run back to the belt is quite a nice story to tell. Mm. A very like early days of AEW story to tell for Ricky Starks, isn't it? So I'm kind of, I'm on that one at the moment. So it's not that the win or the loss doesn't matter because you do feel like in the end Starks wins the feud, but I, I can't, see the match quality, other than, like, based on what we've got from 2022, for one, Chris Jericho knows that the more times he looks great, the more it'll be good for conversation going his way and the various, the discourse which he's kind of become entrenched in, in his own unique way, yeah. I think, in 2022 especially. So maybe he'll just want to keep that form going. He'll do it out of a bit of personal pride and an attempt to kind of keep that narrative on his side that this is the Chris Jericho now that constantly has great matches. couple of spots for you. One preposterous one I think they should actually do tonight. Because um, he, when was it? Was that, it wasn't last week. Was it two weeks ago he did the fireball to Action Andretti? Yes, two weeks ago, yeah. Yeah. Was it last week? Oh, my mind's all over the place with this Christmas Last week break. he fireballed Action Andretti, or not? Yeah, things move fast in that <laughs> federation. Um, so, I don't know. And it, my, my wacky one was Jericho attempts a fireball and sets fire to Jake Hager's hat. Good. Uh, but my genuinely serious one, well, not serious, but um, feasible one, let's say, is obviously Jericho's got the flex pin, you know, the cocky pin thing. Ricky Starks, mm, pose pin on Jericho just to wind him up. That's good. Because he's been pissing him off this yeah, whole time. With the oh, Jericho could do that to mock him. Mm. Jer- Jericho doing that would be banter. Could he, like, could Ricky Starks be backstage, I don't know, like, boiling up some pasta, and then... Uh, Jericho would do a five ball there because it'd be a flash in the pan. <laughs> yeah. It's not me. That's him, that one. That's, he's what, been, that's what he's been saying every he's, every week. You've polluted him. And it's happened <laughs> like around about last year-ish and it's been happening for a while. This. Uh, what's next for MJF? He is set to appear tonight. And we've got, obviously, uh, Brian Danielson versus Tony Nice. Have you seen the match graphic? No. The graphic. <laughs> MGF is contractually obligated was, to I appear live in Seattle. That's absolutely tremendous. That's a typical MGF detailed touch. Um, I suspect this is going all the way to Revolution. I don't think they're going to do a TV match first, particularly because they're doing Starks, Jericho, and I think they're going to... They don't do too many rematches on yeah. pay-per-view. So I think it's going to be more slow build... Uh, maybe more Skybox stuff. Um, I like the Skybox MGF thing. They can play with that. It's a, a really organic way of doing cooler, unique location stuff that actually makes sense as opposed to last night's episode of NXT. <laughs> <laughs> because that's where he kind of lives in AEW, so you can do loads with that. Um, there's been a lot of controversy. So I think MGF does something... Um, He's contractually obligated to appear. I'll have to go in the skybox and be a cock again. You could do something <laughs> like that. Um, I think it's going to be a short, sweet promo from MJF. I think it'll heat up as we near Revolution, which is still some time away. I think this is all about, again, just the slow rehabilitation of, you know, Brian Danielson in 2013 and 14 was the best babyface of the century, not named Hiroshi Tanahashi. Let's tap back into that form because he's going to be the babyface challenger at the pay-per-view. There's some controversy surrounding the opponent, Tony Nese. And I understand why. I think when, as soon as Seattle was announced, it's like, oh, okay, well, Danielson doing an amazing epic dream match. And it, it's Tony Nese, talented guy. He ain't that. He's certainly been handpicked. I can almost, like, assure people of that, even though I don't know. He must have. 
because if not, then again, he is kind of the nicest guy. So if Tony Khan was like, do you want to work uh, Brock Anderson in Seattle? <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. I was like putting you <laughs> guys over. But I do think he might have handpicked uh, Tony Nese for this. He was always mentioning Nice alongside Grand Metal League when um, he was saying to Vince, I want to work the 205 Live crew because there's some really great talent. We should spotlight them more. And Vince McMahon, who does not have that Tony Khan brain, was like, but they're scrubs. <laughs> I was like, yeah, but they might not be scrubs if we use them in these positions. Yeah, but I've already got stars. Yeah. Well, you haven't, but you've got people you have on TV regularly. You just work them, right? So I do think he's handpicked Nice. I do think if he's handpicked Nice, he's obviously thought of things he could do idly with Tony Nice in a match if it were to ever happen. I think you must rate him highly. I think it's a good idea to just flatter Nice because if he has a great match with Danielson, which he will, it's Danielson, then he can be used as a uh, like mid-card <laughs> scalp for an emerging baby face over the next however many weeks because he's got the cachet and the currency from working Danielson. Even if it's not an all-star match, it will feel like one because it's Danielson performing in Seattle, in Washington. Mm. It will feel massive, irrespective of who the opponent is. It will feel hot, irrespective of who the opponent is. And I think with 12 to 15 minutes, maybe 12, they'll have an absolute ripper on television here. Yeah, I like... I, I wanted Shabbat, obviously, but it's not happening. <laughs> I don't... Um, not to suggest that, like... Brian Donison was experiencing a dip in form because he absolutely wasn't. But a little bit of me was questioning this idea that, well, he goes in there with a broomstick and it's absolute magic. Because there was just a couple of examples in 2022 where I was like, well, actually, that character's not been very well tended to. The grass is greener where you water it. And they weren't really watering the grass around Brian Donison. And I think you were starting to feel that a little bit. And then that Ethan Page match, like, just blew away my expectations. Ethan Page's best singles match that I can remember ever. And that was Brian Donison operating at peak Brian Donison. I'm not to say it was like a carry job because it wasn't, but Jesus Christ. So um, I think, you know, we'll get something similar from the Tony Nese match tonight. So it was right about the location. MJF could stir that pot and increase that heat. I like the idea of, because like Washington is such a, it's known for being this working class. Like the people that do well, do good to do well. Like Dan O'Brien's father was a logger. Logger. Was he not? Like, you know, and obviously like stuff like grunge music, like I had this idea of MJF. The com- Packard Sawmill. Comparing every person in Seattle to the baby on the Nevermind cover, just swimming for a dollar like that. The naked baby is swimming for a dollar. <laughs> and I've got all the money up in his box, whatever. So you just create this furnace and then Daniel Bryan, this working fi- workman-like figure comes out, wins a workman-like match in a workman's-like performance. And then, you know, they build to this title match that MJF doesn't really want want to give him it'll probably be better than advertised all of this i would think also an update on hangman page's condition expected tonight i think it's really cool to Sidge's point about tony khan hopefully not being as stingy uh going forward this is something that i would i'm glad that we're potentially getting it next week well we are getting it next week let's be honest getting it next week for the view of getting it probably again at revolution um because it feels like one that's going to earn whatever violent stipulation is to follow i've really enjoyed Hangman Page's injury arc. Really, really enjoyed it. Wrestling should do this more. We are, we've had a lot of years, and I understand why, we've had a lot of years of head injuries especially being uh, where you stop the fiction completely and it's all about, and I understand why. Yeah. Like, I, I totally, totally get it. There had to be a, a change in how we all perceived it. But now that change has occurred, I think I'm a fan of rolling the clock back a little bit and weaving it back into the fiction every single time. John Moxley has kind of shrugged and said, well, 
what else did you expect me to come to work to do other than to knock you out and pin you? Yeah. If I wasn't going to knock you out with that, I was going to knock you out another 10 different ways. That's where we need to be again. Mm. And I think that with Hangman Page especially, I think they've found the sweet spot of how to use these initially very serious and scary incidents for kayfabe purposes. And I just, I've really, really enjoyed that. Uh, I expect him to say he's cleared and they're yeah. going to do a match on the 11th. Also advertised for tonight. Well, at least a trios match because Moxley's bantered off the Dark Order and he's been doing a lot of stuff with Yuta ah, and mm-hmm. Castagnoli. Yeah. That's one way of delaying it till Revolution. Smart, I like that, yeah. Uh, also advertised for tonight, Sige, uh, Swerve Strickland versus AR Fox. Uh, I only discovered AR Fox in 2022. I thought he was fantastic, falling in love with him. What is going on with Swerve and... Uh, and that rabble and whatever happened with Rick Ross the other week. <laughs> well, I can't answer that question. I don't know why he's associated with these guys, other than they look incredibly intimidating and they look like bad dudes who you don't want to mess with and who will do bad things to you if you are in their orbit. We were saying, it was the review that you were off, we were saying, like, where the hell has Swerve gone to find that awful guy? Yeah. And put him with, like, another awful guy in Horror Land. Like, what's he been doing? He's an absolute, he's a punk rat. Yeah, he's a punk rat. <laughs> I've... Got no clarification on this, so I'm just going to breeze right by it. I've got a problem with this match that everyone's really excited for. (laughs) Killshot versus AR Fox, under a different name, I can't remember. It eludes me in the moment. From Lucha Underground was the, one of the real modern video nasties of pro wrestling, like Samoa Joe Necro Butcher, Killshot versus AR Fox from Lucha Underground, maybe a select handful of others. It's not going to be that match because this one has got rules. Yeah. Uh, it's not got weapons or anything like that. I've got no doubt that they can work together tremendously well, but the reason why he's booked this match specifically is because the law, the myth of the original match is so strong that people are into a sequel, mm. but it's going to be a diminished return. It, I, I, they'd have to have a better match than Will Ospreay and Kenny Omega <laughs> tonight in a straight singles, no-step environment to have a better match than the one they had in Lucha Underground. So why would you actively promote a diminished return? I just don't get it. Tony Khan's had precedent doing this. Have you ever seen the footage from Darby Allen versus Joey Janela working in the Indies together? Like It's it's absurd. It's, re- it's exactly the kind of absolutely reckless, ultra-violent stupidity stupidly dangerous, but also brilliant, mm. that you'd expect from them too. They did it on Dynamite. They referenced their history on the indies of we've destroyed each other, I'll do it on TV now. And they just had like a match in the ring. So I don't get this. Is a booking? It's not the Ethan Page coffee match, right? It was like the, the escalated violence in people's minds was so much higher because of what they'd done in Evolve. Yeah, I thought like, like the... It was decent. It was d- night. decent it was, and yeah. it was really good. And it was probably the best version that they could do on telly. Standards and practices. <laughs> um, no, the thing is with these bookings as well, this type of matchmaking is that, again, it's that thing about not patronizing your audience or not letting you feel stupid. He knows that the audience is very connected and very online. If you don't know it and haven't seen it, this week there will be a bunch of people guiding you in the direction of it, whether it be a link somewhere to the match itself or lots of clips mm-hmm. or like videos of it. There's loads this week on this Lucha Underground match. It wasn't something I'd seen, but. I thought the um, like matchmaking of Dynamite was quite weird. So I dug a little deeper because I'm a wrestling fan and you're encouraged to do that by this product. But like as Cedric articulated, because we discussed this a bit like over the desks, it wasn't really something I thought, which is a problem of, oh, so my expectations were raised from 
absolutely nothing to now I need something that I won't get. I cannot get mm-hmm. what was shown to me. I it's just, a strange it's, it's so rewarding bizarre. and then it lifts away with it pulls the rug out without meaning to. It's, it's bizarre. I've got no doubt they'll have a tremendous match. Yeah. If it reaches its ceiling, this will be a tremendous match, but it's not going to be that. So I don't know why they're doing it. Look, ultimately, the people who love this match and hold it in ridiculous reverence, not ridiculous, like sky high reverence because it's great. They might like it, but they'll go, oh, it's not as good. If you have got no awareness of the match, what's happening is that they want to build Swerve Strickland ahead of a major pay-per-view match with Keith Lee. They've got an, a the selected opponent with whom he has incredible chemistry, and he's either from Seattle or somewhere in the Pacific Northwest. He certainly came of age in Defy, and he'll be like the hometown. It'll be very heated, and he'll get a massive star reaction. So, yeah, it's just... I would have selected a different opponent, quite frankly. Unless you're going to really build AR Fox up as this massive baby face worthy of a pay-per-view, or at least a TV lights-out match. Save it for that, because it's just going to pale in comparison. Does it spin off into AR Fox and Top Flight versus Swerve and his new mates? Like, for a trios match? Maybe. Maybe. But I wouldn't... I don't know. Mm. I've got any idea. I don't know Swerve how to answer. Any, yeah, Swerve's yeah. going to win. Yeah, yeah, no question. Uh, finally, it's tonight the end of the baddies. It's Jay Cargill and Red Velvet versus Kiara Hogan and Sky Blue. Oh. <laughs> uh, yes. Well, it is already, isn't it? Well. Like, there's one left. Yeah. One baddie left and wasn't, it, like... They're the baddie now. She, she's <laughs> the, the baddie now. She's the baddie, and it was the one that Jay didn't like to begin with and never really wanted her in. Like, she's... I understand... She's never liked any of them? No, I there's suppose. There's no camaraderie. I understand that she's never really been keen on any of the baddies, but there was a... Of all the people, the mutual respect was Red Velvet, wasn't it? Which we'd seen as part of their feud, which is now, I guess, going to come back round. And I don't mind this Red Velvet being potentially the one to wear in the street to get the belt. I think there's some nice... There's nicer symmetry than there is quality of action, though, which is a bit of a problem. That, that singles match was great. Yeah. Capital G. I just don't think it comes with maybe the guarantee I would like. The comfy, no, 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 the no, comfy no, no. quality guarantee, but I do like the story, genuinely. Like Omega Osprey, you're watching the first 10 minutes, which aren't that fast, and you're thinking, I'm getting slowly hooked into this yeah. because then they know what they're doing. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. not that. It absolutely is. What a stupid, unfair comparison. I should just... Yeah, but, uh, like, and as well, like, the for the back end of last year, Jade Cargill's character felt really unfocused. I'm willing mm. to just say, like, fresh start tonight. Like, the Red Velvet feud is the feud. Let's have no more, like, baddie crack. It's done. Bow wow, what the frig was that? Oh, is yeah. Tough? Is it still a thing? Like, really, honestly, like, Jade I don't Cargill... I think that's a thing anymore. Possibly not. And it just felt like, in general, Jade Cargill felt like it was going off the rails. So maybe it's time to end that title reign anyway, so you can just stop and take a look and... Dis- Everyone, collectively, can decide what they've got. Like, how much is Cargill still really enjoying this version of a character? Maybe she wants to do something a little bit fresher and getting beat is going to help that. There is a pay-per-view match of... Not insignificant stakes if they do the TBS title against Red Velvet at Revolution, and I think they will. How does yeah. this play out then? Does Red Velvet get pinned and Jay Cargill go crazy at her, or is it as simple as Red Velvet gets the win and Jay Cargill like, oh wait a second, and then I wouldn't do, I wouldn't have Jade Cargill lose a tag team match at this she, point. She's not There's lost a tag no either, point. has she? I don't think so. I, I don't think. Remember. I don't think they've muddied the waters at all. No, just to keep winning them. So is it what is it? Red Velvet does all the work. Red Velvet. Works the match as a baby face. That's the key yeah. thing that's wrong with this. The second she was aligned, by the way, Jade Cargill with the baddies, that's like the exact moment. It just was like, oh, what's this? Red Velvet needs to perform here. It's going to be odd because well, no one really cares about the opponents. But she could like really have a nice competitive match as a baby face, try and get the crowd back on side because her sulking and having enough of Jade Cargill 
isn't making me feel like it's Batista and Triple H. Realistically, <laughs> that's not how this is working yeah. at all. Or Austin McMahon. Where he just Tony, Car- Tony Carter loves Batista Triple H, doesn't he? I know, he, he loves, loves it. it. He loves it. He patterns a lot of what he does after it. Um, but they, maybe we should pattern this after that because the sulking and the, oh, I think I've had enough. Yeah, I've had enough as well. <laughs> just be a good baby face. Let's keep this one simple. Oh, one last thing to do then. It's still a thing in 2023 for now. Michael Cedric, what is the name of the game? And before you do that, what's the aim of the game? The aim of the game? To shine a glaring light, a harsh light, if you will, on the apathetic, obligatory, token nature of women's wrestling in AEW is to correctly predict to the hour, minute, and second the first note of the first woman's entrance theme. Because if we get it to the hour, minute, and second, and we have been very close in the very recent past, it will underscore, bold, italicize just how formulaic and don't worry, lads, men are coming back in 10 minutes. All of this is, in the name of the game, for which we have a jingle, just to lighten it up because it's a depressing game that no one wants to win, is, well, this is ladies' night and I'm thinking, no word of nada. So I go first as well, the... Winner of Ladies' Night last year. Yes. yes. 2022 Ladies' Night champion. Seems the like. The least wanted award ever. <laughs> Seems like the thing Hold to do. Hold your Pyrrhic trophy aloft. Yay. <laughs> uh, shout out, as always, to Adam Blair at Adam Wilton for who does all. Uh, what's the. Data. Thank you. Uh, all the uh, data for this. Um, yeah, so I. We, we also like it if they did, you know, two women's matches. Yeah. What was it you were saying yesterday? You're concerned that. New Japan's going to have more women's matches. What an indictment. Imagine saying in 2019, oh, 2023, uh, New Japan might have more women's matches per show than AEW, you yeah. think. And WWE <laughs> Saudi shows. Yeah, they did it, didn't they, last year? Uh, Crown Jewel, whatever it was. Uh, I think, I don't, well, see, I've, I've messed this up, really. I should let, I, I'll have to go first, mm. but I should have let Sidge go first because I'm sure he's got an idea of how the show's going to play out. Yeah, I do, but I'm going to do it for yeah, myself yeah. for my, the benefit of my own prediction. Uh, so I'll just go one. What's on the card? What's going to. One, 21, 22. I was thinking. Sorry about balls. No, I was thinking 120 dead. Dead. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let's just have that. Yeah, I'll still yeah. go for that. Yeah, I'll still go for that. 120. I might dead. split the difference and be a cock. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. Uh, so I'm thinking, right, okay. That Ricky Starks versus Chris Jericho is going to main event. Yeah. It's the biggest match. How do you get a crowd going? Maybe there'll be a hometown hero in the opener. And then top of the hour, it's a big, big pressure spot. The reason why they want to put stars in the top of the hour is that, oh, what's on at nine o'clock? Yeah. Don't watch that. It's Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> so, so that's going to be there. Wednesday night, you know what that means? I wasn't even on f***ing Friday last week, so what the f*** is going on with this old Oki? I've got and no f***ing idea. It's birthday this week. Oh, is it? Yeah. Well, not, I think it was his birthday on, what day is it? It's Wednesday today. You know what that means? Uh... Yesterday, I think it was his birthday. No, I'm trying birthday anymore. <laughs> uh, um, 
Look, right. if he stops openly ogling women on Rampage, okay, then I'll stop this bit. Okay, that's a deal. Okay, I'm off. Where's going now? Some of our cars got a flash of It's Wednesday night. You know what that means? Well, Paul White's got my job now. <laughs> Maybe you go to uh, OVW, drop some of that weight. Uh, Do you know what a hell of a hand a big show can really be? I think he's adding too much sizzle to her steak, actually. <laughs> Keep it clean. Grill it off. No, don't season that. Mark Henry's a hell of a hand, but he needs to keep that hand away from the buffet. You know what I'm talking about. We are not calling them fat. No. We are riffing on the Ross report when Jim Ross would call them yeah, fat. The weekly nags. Incredible. Um, What's the lyrics to Danielson? Oh, I can think of. I can never hear what he's actually saying. Oh, we're born for greatness, greatness, greatness. Ah, we're born for greatness, greatness. That's how the show starts. Tony Nice doesn't have an entrance theme. He's just in the ring. One hour. 20. Five. Wow. And when I, when I was offered the thing, 21. Event, the I sure did. God damn it. So you might be onto something with that as well, you know, because I think there's going to be an extended lady section because they're going to have to tonight talk a little bit more about next week's big tag ah. match, aren't they? Like, oh I don't know, I'm not suggesting in-ring promo. It's 15 seconds backstage with Baker. But that's going to be a pretty big 15 seconds. 15 profile, seconds 15 of uh, Britt Baker. And um, we'll say, I don't care who your partner's going to be, Soraya, because we're going to win whoever it is. And you could take that prediction, wings to camera, to the bank. Yeah, That's Britt Baker's crack, I'll have her. Dynamite graphic. I'd like it. But Dynamite graphic, it dissolve, start wiping, as Britt Baker's still speaking. Yeah, <laughs> to yeah. Get back to the ring. I like it, but what if it was a Soraya interview and she got three words out before she, that uh, <laughs> Britt Baker said that? Uh, well, let us know your thoughts ahead of AW. Tonight on Twitter, at WhatCultureWWE. Follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamflet at... Michael Hamflet. Follow Michael Sidgwick at... <laughs> M. Sidgwick. Uh, you can follow me at Adam Wilbur. Follow us all at What Culture WWE. As I said, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from. For daily wrestling podcasts, our Dynamite review will hit your feed tomorrow if you do that. Uh, also available right now is our review of NXT and me and Sidge chatting all about Wrestle Kingdom 17. There were some quite good matches on there. Um, right, let us know your thoughts ahead of Dynamite tonight. But for now, uh, my thanks to Michael Hampton to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.